Amen. Thank you, Brother Ron and musicians. Extraordinaire. Hallelujah. Our songbird, Raina. Amen. Yeah, give them a clap and thank them for giving their time, their talent to the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm excited today. I got a good message for you. Me and the Lord whipped up a good one in the Holy Ghost kitchen. It's called Running Your Race with Endurance. Isn't that good news that you're in a race? Did you know you're in a race? Yes, when you got saved, you entered into the race, and the Bible says, enter into the race that has been set before you, your race. It's your race. Isn't that good news? So to read the scripture for us, we have uh, the lovely and beautiful Ruthie Madrigal. She's going to come. And she's running the race. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> Morning, brothers and sisters of the Lord. So today I will be reading from Hebrews 12, 1, 2. Therefore, we also, since we surrounded by we are surrounded by a so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, mm -hmm. and let us run with the endurance the race that is set before us. Looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, mm -hmm. who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you and find strength in his word. Amen. Thank you, Ruthie. Good job. Praise God. Well, we talked about this in Bible study, but I'm going to go a little more into depth with it, and because I think it's, it's important for us during these troubled times, and you might have troubled times yourself. How many of you are going through some troubled times? Let me see if I'm in the right church. Okay, praise God. All right. So let's look at this, and the title could have been, Run Your Race with Endurance, or Lay Aside Every Weight and Sin, or looking into Jesus, or just get tough, okay? Because <laughs> we have to get tough in the Lord, amen? We can't be wimps and mamby-pambies and, oh, this hurts me, and, oh, I don't know. I'm disappointed. I don't know why they talk to me that way. Why is my life not going right? Where are you, Lord? Can you help me? There's a storm going on. And Jesus comes in and says, what? Where's your faith? Amen? <laughs> Let me calm the storm. Peace be still. And let's move on, amen? So this scripture is to encourage us for those that want to give up, lose heart, faint, and not continue. God wants us to continue. Kind of like a little baby. You know a little baby, when they start walking, what do they do? They keep falling all the time, right? Do you just say, oh, this one doesn't work. You know, we're, we're just going to give up on this. No, eventually they will continue and they'll walk. God is looking at us and he knows we're going to get strong. We're going to continue to walk, even though we fall and hurt our knee and do all those kinds of crazy things. But God is working with us to bring us to full uh, fruition, full completeness in him. Isn't that good news? Okay, well, I'm going to have to work you up a little bit here. Okay. We, find, we all face challenges in this life, don't, don't we? But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Now, I've shared with some people my life story. I'm 71 years old. I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors, a lot of miscalculations, bad decisions, lost houses, walked away from jobs, all kinds of crazy things. But yet, God still had a plan, still brought me into the place where I can say everything is okay right now. Amen? 
my house is paid for, my cars are paid for, we have money coming in, we have a church that God has given us, we have beautiful people and friends that we can have. So, you know, hallelujah. But it didn't look that way all the time. I, I can remember just trying to make ends meet. But how many of you know ends don't meet? That's why they're called ends. You know, it's like... That's a, that's a new one, right? <laughs> but we, we have to continue to keep... I never thought I'd be so happy in all my life. I mean, my, my son knows what we're going through, what you used to go through. In fact, that's why one of the reasons why I became a lawyer. He said, I don't, I don't want to be like you, Dad, trying to make, you know, things work out. I mean, you know... We said, well, we'll just, mom and I, once you get your, you know, your law practice and everything, we'll just live in a back house, you know, in, 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 on your estate. And he goes, oh, no, we're not, no way, Jose, you know. <laughs> so anyway, praise the Lord. So we have to learn how to take authority over the enemy. We have to continue in the faith, prayer, not giving up. And the Bible says we have need of patience. Now, we don't like that word patience, do we? We like instantaneous, got to have it right now. And, and, you know, we're not waiting on God, you know. I had, I had the Lord, I was asking him to heal me of a certain thing. He goes, I'm not a, you know, like a, a, a you know, just a servant that just, well, you say it and I do it. It's like you have to continue and believe faith. Faith, he, he, he honors our faith. So it's, the, the scripture starts out with, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, who are these clouds of witnesses? Where are they and what are they doing? Well, it doesn't say that they're watching us. It doesn't say they're spectating. It's a witness of their faith in believing God and seeing him deliver them out of all their circumstances. It's back in Hebrews 11. That's why it says, therefore, look back and look at all the people that got delivered. It talks about Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and 18 heroes of faith who have overcame obstacles. Notice they're not spectators, but they're witnesses. They're a witness to us to look and say, oh, they did it. We can do it. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the blood of Jesus. We can do it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So it says, through faith, they subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the, the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, uh, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, and turned to flight armies of the aliens. Have you had any of that? No. How much? Well, what's our problem? Okay. Okay, they were our heroes. Abraham and Sarah were old when God said, you're going to have a child. And guess what they did? <laughs> they laughed. And God said, Sarah, did you laugh? No, I didn't laugh. He said, you did laugh, okay? You laughed. It took Noah a hundred years to build the ark. Do you think they made fun of him? Of course. What are you going to do with that big boat? Anyway, there's no ocean anywhere around here. Oh, it's going to rain. I, no, we, what's rain? We don't know rain. And so the, you can imagine in those days the kids would tell their parents, we're going to go down and tease Noah about the boat. And the parents said, oh, yeah, we did that when we were kids too. It's just generations of building. How many times did they make fun of you and, and tease you and say, you'll never make it, you'll never graduate college, you'll never be a pastor, you'll never do this, you'll never do that? But God, look at God, amen? He'll do it, he'll do it. The desires he's put in your heart, he'll bring it to pass. Praise the Lord. Joseph waited 13 years before the promise that his father and mother would bow down to him. 13 years, that's a long time, isn't it? 
Now, what happened to him? He was thrown down a well, sold as a slave, served in Potiphar's house, thrown in jail until finally, finally he was called up uh, to, uh, uh, to Pharaoh, and he became second in command in all of Egypt. He never gave up working his gifts of administration, working his gifts of interpreting dreams. And finally, God honored him. It's kind of like a testing, proving point to see, you know, are you really going to continue to serve me or are you going to give up? Amen? All right, just see if you're still here. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for him. Amen? God gave you a gift. If you be loyal and give it to him and give him all your heart, soul, strength, and might, he'll promote you. He'll bring you to a place where you're supposed to be. Praise God. Now, Joseph never complained. He never said, you know, Lord, why, what happening here? You gave me a promise. It doesn't look like it's happening. I'm doing everything you called me to do. I went into Potiphar's house. Now I'm in jail, and I'm lost here. What? No, he didn't say anything. But when he became second in command, he got married, and here's what he named his kids. You ready for this? His firstborn was named Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all of my trouble. Huh. You know, when the Lord lifts you up, you forget all the trouble that you've been through. You forget all the things that you had to go through. You say, oh, gosh, thank you, Lord. You finally delivered me. Praise the Lord. And the second son, he, second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. How many of you got some suffering going on? Amen? You have to continue Despite the affliction, God is still with you. He'll still round off the curves, uh, round off the, the, the edges, and make them round and smooth. You'll be able to continue believing Him, despite though you don't have the exact promise that you want. Amen? You follow me on this? Okay, so it wasn't a walk in the park for Joseph, but he endured suffering like a what? Good soldier. We all have disappointments, discouragements, wondering if God is going to come through. The Bible says what? This poor man cried, and the Lord ignored him. No. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his troubles. Poor man, does that mean he was poor? No, it means that he was humble. He was disappointed, discouraged, poor, poor in spirit. God said, I heard your cry. Do you know he hears your cry when you cry out? My wife says, I cry all the time to him. I go, I know, I know. <laughs> this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. So uh, it says now that we um, are supposed to run the race. What race are you talking about? The race that God has given us, our station in life, the things that have been put in front of us, the people that have been put with us, those things we're supposed to run well. Now, Paul said in Galatians 5 and 7, you did run well, but what did hinder you from obeying the truth? In other words, what, why'd you stop believing? Why'd you give up? What, 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 why'd you unplug? Why don't you keep believing me in faith? I've heard this one minister say that he was believing for a certain thing, and then he gave up. And the Lord said, why did you give up? He said, I was just about, you know, to bestow it upon you. Keep believing. Keep. It's kind of like, you know, he's, the Lord is saying, come on. Come on. Keep, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep believing. Don't give up. Amen. The Bible says that if you turn away, his soul, his soul has no uh, pleasure in you. Amen. He wants us to continue in faith. Okay, in Philippians it says, uh, Paul said concerning himself, himself he said that, um, well, he, he said that he's running a race, he didn't want to run it in vain. And then slide 60 says, I press towards the mark 
for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press, I stretch, I extend myself. How many of you know you got to extend yourself? you got to give your whole heart to it if you really want it. You have to desire it with all of your heart. I was talking to um, Vanessa about a, a guy that was teaching me how to pray and believe for healing. And uh, because I was praying and people were getting sick. I mean, they, they were getting worse. And then one even died. I go, this is not going to work. So I go, brother, you need to come with me. He had a gift of healing. He showed me for six months how to be intense, how to desire to receive that healing virtue in your closet and then bring it to the people when you pray for them. Because so he would come and he would pray. He would say the same uh, scriptures that I did, but his was, I I noticed he was more intense, more uh, digging in and finding the spirit of healing. I said, oh, I got it. I got it. So that's what you have to do. So you press towards the mic. So what's the prize? To be like Jesus. We're in a race to be like Jesus. Now, it's funny. This race is different than any other race. Because in the natural, if somebody falls, what do you do? Keep running. Oh, so sorry. (laughs) No, this race, you stop and you help them. Because it's not who gets there first. It's can we all get there to the prize that God is calling us to to have. In Galatians 6, 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? It's to love one another. You know how grateful you are when someone comes along and helps you? Helps you get through a situation? Gives you an advice? Gives you an idea? Gives you a thought? Or even refers you for a job? Tells you about a car that you you can buy? All these things. So, Remember the Good Samaritan? They had this guy that was laying on the side of the road. They robbed him. They beat him up. They laid him there just for dead. And the Good Samaritan came by and said, I got my race to run, but I'm going to stop and pay attention to this guy, put him on my donkey, take him to the inn, nurse his wounds, give the innkeeper some money until he gets completely healed. He could have kept on going, right? But he stopped. So the race is not to get to someplace. It's to become someone in Christ. Praise God. So Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, two are better than one. Because if they, they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, because he doesn't have another to bring him up. So everybody has to run their race. Amen. I wish I would have had a different race. I mean, can I get in a different lane? You know, I mean, I always thought that I should have been, you know, born into a richer family, you know, maybe a taller family, you know. (laughs) You know, I I would like it where, you know, my only decision was today, am I going to play tennis or am I going to play golf? I mean, that would be ideal for me, right? But we have to be thankful that at least we're in Southern California. Amen? We're not in some back country eating figs and running away from persecutors. And I always have this vision of coming into heaven, and there's people that are being persecuted, put in jail, tortured, and the Lord says, welcome, come on in, thou good and faithful servant. I know that you've been in jail and that for my, my sake. Come on in, enter into the joy of the Lord. And then we come waltzing in. You know, where are you guys from? Southern California. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, what kind of adversity did you have? Well, one time somebody took my parking spot, and believe me, I was, I was upset, you know. 
Somebody cut me off on the freeway. And, and you know what? I'm, have you read about what people are doing now? If they don't get their, their fast food order right, they shoot them, you know? The French, my French fries are cold, you know, and they go outside, they argue, and pow, pow. This is ridiculous, right? So the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God is not happy if we give up. Okay, so now he wants us to endure. What does endure mean? It means, yes, the characteristic of a man or woman who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their faith, even in the midst of great trials and sufferings. Not move, not swerve, not give up. Continuing to believe God. You know, sometimes you just go home and you go, God, I don't understand all this. I don't know how I'm going to get through, but I know you're with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen? I, I like uh, John's testimony about his children. They were away from the Lord. They weren't working. He prayed, continued, continued, continued to pray, and he gave a testimony on Wednesday Bible study. They're serving the Lord now. They have jobs. God is doing good things. Amen? Now, it says that we have tests. It also says in the Bible that we have tests, we have trials, we have tribulations. And there, there is a time limit on all this. You ready for this? Test is like a quick, you know, uh, like taking a test at school. It's quick. It's over. One hour, two hours, you're done, right? Like Abraham had to sacrifice his son. It was a test to prove his faithfulness to the Lord. Now, a trial can be a little bit longer, maybe a month, maybe a week, you know, like the OJ trial. It took forever. Like, when is this thing ever going to end? In 1 Peter, it says, Beloved, think it not a strange thing concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Try is like, man, trial is like, I know this is going to be over pretty soon. I'm just waiting for God to come through. Praise God. Now, a tribulation, huh, that's like, is it ever going to end? Like the seven-year tribulation, like I think I've been doing this ever since I was born. It's like, when is it ever going to end? But God said what? Endurance is determination, persistence, consistency, bearing up under pressure. A constant, steady effort to achieve. When we were at the community center, 12 years, it was, like, it was a test. Are you going to still preach my word or are you going to wait for you know, me to do something? I said, I'm going to preach your word, Lord, no matter what. And so I didn't sway, even though it didn't look like it was going to happen. But you know how we got this place? It's because I kept going to the area, um, uh, area uh, meetings. Not all the pastors went, but I was faithful to what they, I was called to do in the four-square denomination. And then there was this pastor who was the pastor of this church. And when his, his uh, attendance went down, I said, hey, you know what? We can come in there and help you. We can, we can you know, pay the rent. And we can subsidize your, your, your payment, and, you know, we'll help each other. And he said, good idea. He wouldn't have done that before because he was prospering. But when the time came when he needed us, God was able to insert us. Why? Because I was faithful. The supervisor said, I think that you would be good here. I think with your son and with your wife, you can make a difference. So we were here for about a year, and his church kept dwindling down. Finally, he said, you know what? Your, your church is growing faster than I am. Here's the keys. Have a good day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
So you have to keep uh, going on to get the victory. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brethren out there, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He hears you. He sees you. He's watching you. He's judging you. He's proving you. Continue in the faith. You know, I can remember times when we didn't have a place to stay. I mean, we was like, come on, you know, Lord, how's this going? We, you know, we tell the story of our first church, beautiful church. Brother Dave in the back knows all about it, but uh, the pastor, the second pastor that came over, sometimes you have a first pastor, and then he leaves, and then you get a second pastor, and it's like, uh-oh, <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs> you ever been there? <laughs> You can have a boss, and then the boss leaves, and you get a new boss. Okay, some things are going to change around here. Okay, whatever. And so he was pretty strict. He was pretty harsh on us. And so my wife, she like, you know, like, she's like a prophet. She cuts right to the axe. So she, she was his secretary and said, you know, Pastor, you know, you kind of make people mad sometimes. You know, you kind of, you're, you're not very loving, and you make them feel bad. And he said, okay. So he walked over to my office. He said, you know what your wife said? And I said, yeah, that's kind of true. He goes, really? <laughs> Two weeks later, we got a going-away party. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Pastor Chuck, for your 18 years of service. So glad. Here's the left foot of fellowship, and see you later, alligator. Amen. <laughs> you got the right hand of fellowship, and you got the left foot of fellowship. And we were gone in 60 seconds, praise the Lord. But the Lord arranged it, arranged it, so we went to a place for three years, and then we got into the four-square denomination, and then they gave us a church, and it all worked out together for the good. But now this guy, he, he didn't do so good. His whole church collapsed because of improprieties and things that happened. So uh, don't, don't, you know, what, is it, what do they say? God's protection, you know, God's, no, man's rejection is God's protection. So Sometimes there's a little break in the action, you know, like we're going one way, and all of a sudden now you've got to find a job going another way. But God is there to help you. So continue steadfast in the faith. Amen? So I don't know what kind of struggles you're facing. I don't know what kind of problems there are plaguing you. But God wants us to go through and trust in Him. So many times in our life we see insurmountable odds. No way is everything, anything going to happen but God. <laughs> God turns it around. At one point in our life, we had no money. Amen? We had no house. We had no job. <laughs> but we had peace. Amen? <laughs> Amen. So we went, enrolled Charles in high school. And so I was talking to the guy. He goes, I go, well, we want to really enroll our son in a Christian school. He goes, okay, that'd be great. It costs $500 to enroll him and $750 a month. And my mouth dropped. I don't have any money. What are you talking about? And so, but God somehow gave us a job, gave us some money, got some help from our family. He never missed a payment, never missed a, a day in school. So God did a great job. Amen. He said, he will make a way in the wilderness. He'll make the crooked path straight. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Okay, wait a minute. We forgot something in here. What is it? Oh, it says, to run the race, you have to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. Now, there's two things here. There's a weight and there's a sin. 
Now, a weight is not a sin, but a weight is something that holds you back, holds you down, keeps you from doing what you need to do to reach the Lord. What kind of weights do you have in your life? Well, do I need to go through the list? Let me, let me go through <laughs> You got TV, you got sports, you got Facebook, you got eatings, you got pleasures, you got kids, you got all kinds of things that take you away from the presence of the Lord. Amen? The Bible, Paul said, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. So if I can make a true confession here, I do have a little Facebook problem, and only because it's not that it's uh, wrong, but, you know, I like to look at all the baseball plays, the football plays, all the crazy things people are doing, the inventions they have. And, and, you know, before you look up, before you notice, all this time has passed. I could have been praying. I could have been seeking the Lord. I could have asked, what's happening in heaven? What are you concerned about, Lord? So it's a weight that does so easily beset us. Praise God. What about sports? We had at the, at the first church, uh, we had, this, we had a, a deacon program where the deacons were going to call the people of the church and just check up on them and everything. And one of the requirements was you have to come to midweek service. You have to come to Wednesday service. So one brother said, yeah, I could do that until basketball season comes. And then when basketball season comes, I got to watch the Lakers. Okay, so if, it's, if the game's on a Wednesday, I can't come. And he said, I'm so sorry. And we said, we're so sorry we asked you about that. <laughs> so you can get hooked on the simplest things. Eating, food can draw you away. The Bible says, don't make a God your belly, you know. You know, you're having breakfast, you're thinking about what am I going to eat for lunch. You're having lunch, you're thinking about what are you going to have. You know, you're thinking ahead. Now, we had a, one brother that came to our church, Pastor Godot, Dave knows him. Uh, anyway, he had a big church, like 2,000 members up north. And he would come down and he would, he would just encourage us, fire us up. We used to have uh, mid, um, morning prayer, 6 o'clock in the morning. We had 100 people. He said, we want to make a goal. We want to get 100 people here. So he would encourage us. I mean, the spirit was, we were excited coming to church, coming to the office to pray. This is so great. The Holy Spirit is here with us. You could just feel it, right? But he was telling a story. He said, I had a problem, he said, because at our church, we would have Sunday night service. It started at 7. And he said he always liked to reward himself by getting a Sunday at Baskin and Robbins on Sunday night. So one Sunday, church was going a little long, and he's looking at the clock, and he's going, oh, my, i got to do something here. So he gave an altar call, and everybody was coming up for the altar call. He goes, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to make it to Basket of Robins. <laughs> Let's lay hands on him, okay? Yeah, are you okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He made it out the front door. He said, he, lock up. I'll see you later. And he went to Basket Robins, and it was closed. He's knocking on the window. Hey, open up. I just want a Sunday. Sorry, sir. We're closed. And then he realized, I'm hooked. I, am, I have a weight that does so easily beset me. So he gave that up. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it says a weight is something like a runner. It, he doesn't have a backpack and, and a, a jacket and, and things that will weigh him down, right? He wants to be streamlined. You want to be streamlined. You want to keep your life pure. You want to keep your heart open to the Lord. Lay aside every weight and the sin. What's the sin? It's your sin. I, I'm not, 
It's the sin that keeps you away from the Lord. I'm not going to mention them all, but we got them, you know. Whatever it would be, whether it, it be, I have some things listed here. Let me see what I have here. Uh, we have um, uh, drinking or uh, cussing or gossiping or all kinds of sin, being on the Internet, watching the wrong kinds of things. Amen. You know, you can watch a movie. You can start to watch a movie and tell right away, oh, this has got a bad spirit in it. I need to turn this thing off, you know. My wife, in their younger days, she'd be watching a show, and i go, that's trouble right there. Oh, it's just a, it's a good story. And at the end, she went, you're right. It was a bad, bad story. You can feel it. Or you can go to, what's the name of that? Plugged in, Plugged in and look and find out what the Christian view of it, whether there's cursing, whether there's sex, whether there's violence, all those kinds of things, ahead of time. Amen? And no. So it says sin will entrap you. It's like a bear trap getting on your foot. Can you run with a bear trap? Because what? Sin separates us from God. You can't run your race with, the, with this thing like, I, got, I, I, I want to get to you, Lord, but I got this problem. I got this sin that's holding me back. What's that saying? Sin keeps you longer than you want to be, takes you. It's harder to get rid of. I don't know how that goes. Anybody remember that, how it goes? Farther than you want to go. Uh, we don't know. But anyway, get sin out of your life. Basically, that's what we're trying to do. Now, how do we do this? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What does that mean? He started this whole thing. He's the one that called you, brought, brought you out of darkness, and transferred you into his marvelous light. Thank God. Amen? He, he said, I'll help you. I'll be with you. I'll carry you through. Jesus, help me. Amen? Because when that sin comes, it's like a spirit that comes on. You can feel it. You go like, oh, I, I, I have to just uh, cuss, or uh, I just have to gossip, or I just have to look on the Internet. I need to get away. I told somebody the other day, I go, listen, you know, when, you, when that spirit comes on you, don't be a sitting target. Don't let that thing hit you. Devil like, I got him. I got him. I, just walk, excuse me, and walk away from it. Go do something else. Get away from it. The sin that does so easily ensnare you, get it away from you. So it's like a horse that has blinders. You ever seen those? Why do they put the blinders on there? So the horse looks straight ahead, doesn't look at the other horses, doesn't look at the stable, keeps his mind focused, fixed on the Lord, looking unto Jesus. It's not a casual look. It's not a look at the Bible. Oh, yeah, that's a nice little scripture. Praise the Lord. Looking, continuing to look at Jesus, at the Word. Let him, you know, change you. And Peter and John... In Acts 3, we're going up to the temple, saw a man that was lame from his mother's womb. What did he say? Look on us. Give me your eyes. Fasten your eyes on me. And then he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Okay, so as we get ready to close, Philippians 1.6 says, be confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not giving up on us, so we can't give up on him. Praise the Lord. So we have examples of the men and women in the Old Testament. Abraham could have given up, said, you know what, I got the promise, but you know it's been 25 years, forget about it. Noah could have said, you know, I'm building this ark, it's never going to end. I mean, 100 years is enough is enough, right? Joseph could have said, listen, you gave me a promise, but it's not happening. You might feel that way, it's not happening. 
you have to believe that what God has put in your heart, He'll bring it to pass. So, what are the things that we've learned so far? Slide 66 says, we have to run our race. Our race. Run your own race. Not somebody else's race. you got a race to run. Run with what? Endurance. But first, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset, beset us. Looking unto Jesus, He is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus did it already. Jesus lived your life. He, the things that He did, you can do too because He's living on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. I often wonder, how did Jesus do it? How did he, how did he live three and a half years, never sinning, taking care of the apostles, preaching to everybody, being persecuted, but he was never moved? Never like saying, you know what, I'm kind of tired today, guys. You know, we, let's have a sabbatical. Uh, let's, just, let's just chill for a little bit. No, he continued. So the last thing is consider him who endured so that we can endure. Slide 67 says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. What's our biggest, I mean, we haven't had that much temptation. Come on. What happened to Jesus? What did they do to him? They took him. They beat him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They marched him up a hill. They embarrassed him because they crucified him. They nailed him to the cross. It wasn't in the back room. It was in sight of everybody. They put him up on the cross, not laying down. They put him up so everyone could see him be humiliated and watch him die. Nailed, can't, couldn't move. And they said, I, I thought you were the son. If you were the son of God, why don't you save yourself? He took it. He was humble. He submitted to it all. The Bible says he despised the shame. He didn't like having to do it. Father, in, in fact, he asked the Father, if there's any other way, I would be open to it. But right away, he said, but not my will, but your will be done. If you're in a situation where you feel like you're nailed, you're, you're, you're cornered, you, you have a, a situation where you can't get out of, God said, I will bring you through it. Amen. Despising the shame, looking for the joy that's set before you. After this thing is over, you're going to look back and say, oh, man, God helped me through that. God took me through. I didn't think I was going to make it. But, why? but look at what God has done. So final scripture in slide 68 says, in 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, this is for all of you. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Hallelujah. Amen. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is a laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but to all of you who loved his appearing. Amen? Can you say that? I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to finish my course. So we stand here today. The scripture says, don't be weary in well-doing, but continue in the faith, believing him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear words of encouragement so that we can stand fast, believing in you, standing firm in the faith, Lord God, knowing that you're with us, that we can contend with all things and let your faith, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, be upon us. Just like the uh, uh, heroes of faith in old times, that, Father God, you even equipped us more with your Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus. 
and the faith of Christ. So, Father, I just thank you that you encourage your people. Let them know that you haven't forgotten them, that, Lord God, that you're with them always, even until the end of time. And I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Your spirit be just ministering to your people right now. Receive the strength of the Lord through his Holy Spirit right now. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord God. We'll sing. Never come close. Nothing can compare to your living hope. To your presence, Lord. Taste it and see. Sweetest of loves, a heart becomes free, and my shame is undone. In your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. This place and fill this atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what my heart longs for. To be overcome by your Holy Spirit's here to help us, teach us all things, amen. Right, right now we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. When Jesus was with his disciples on the last day, he said, I desire to be with you, to have this supper. 
symbolizing what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to offer you, offer my body and my blood as a sacrifice so that you can be in union with the Father and with me and with the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we bless these elements, the bread symbolizing the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, the cup symbolizing his blood that was shed for us. We thank you, Lord God, as we take it. We do this in remembrance of you. Amen. This is a spiritual experience. The Lord is in the communion, so take the bread symbolizing his body. He said, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Take and eat of the bread. cup symbolizing the blood that was shed for us. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There's no taking away of sins. So that blood had to be sacrificed in our behalf, brings us in right fellowship with the Lord. Take and drink of the cup. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive His goodness. Receive His love. What love the Father has bestowed upon us that we shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Receive that in your spirit right now. He wants to come and indwell with us, be a part of us, live our lives with us. He doesn't want to be separated from us. 
Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord God. Amen. It's good to come into the house of the Lord and receive his fellowship, his goodness, and his love. I want to tell the parents of the youth, they're having communion up there now, so uh, it's usually going to take until 12 o'clock, so just kind of, you know, hold it for a while till they get finished and come down. Don't go up and grab them out of it. Amen. Do you, do you feel the presence of the Lord today? Isn't that nice? Amen. Amen. This should be in your house. It should be in your work. It should be wherever you go. Whatever you do, know that he's with you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your infilling, your presence in our life. We thank you that we can hold on to it and have great peace in the midst of every trial and persecution that we have. We rejoice in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.